Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 50 of the Lessons Learned podcast. I can't believe this is our 50th episode. It feels very surreal to me. I was talking to Daniela from the team who does a lot of the support with content creation and things like that, and we were just reminiscing on what a ride it's been and how much we've been able to cover over the last 50 episodes of the show, which is nearly 50 hours of podcasts. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for supporting my vision with this show, with this talk show, with just sharing all of the things that I can about life and resilience and the lessons that I've learned. It means the world to me that you're here on this journey. Now for today's episode, we are heading back into Lessons in Resilience, my Instagram TV series. And it's an offshoot of the show, Lessons Learned, but I go live with a couple people that I adore who inspire me on Instagram and we get to learn about their journey together. And then I bring those episodes here to the show for all of us to learn more, to connect deep, more deeply with one another and to learn about some new folks. So this week I am interviewing Sarah Nicole Landry, the bird's papaya. She is an incredible influencer online, someone who is just so real and vulnerable and very committed to anti-racism work, to ensuring that she's checking her own privilege, that she is working towards a more equitable world through her platform. And it's something that I admire so much. And her vulnerability on that journey is also deeply inspirational. And we initially did a conversation over the summer when we first launched Lessons in Resilience, but we had we weren't able to save the episode. Unfortunately, my phone crashed after we did the live. So she was gracious enough to come back on the show uh, for this fall. And we talk all things preparing for the winter months, which happens to be a theme that I keep wanting to bring up because I know some of us might be struggling with it, might be finding challenge. She's talking about her journey with accepting her body and her relationship with her body now that she is pregnant again after having had three kids earlier in her 20s and so much more. And it is a privilege to be able to host and have these sorts of heartfelt conversations with all of you. And that folks trust me with these parts of their lives. And so I hope that you find this episode as inspiring as I did. And I would be remiss not to mention at this point as well that we are launching registration for your best year on Black Friday publicly. And when you register between Black Friday and Cyber Monday for the virtual year planning retreat, which is a two-day virtual retreat with me on December 5th and 6th, for us to celebrate this last year, like look back on our wins, on the things that we survived, take inventory and stock of what 2020 was, to root into our present, to ask ourselves where are we at now, what do we want in life, what is missing for us, and then to put those two pieces together and look forward and make our goals and plans for 2021, the ones we can control, and when we need to pivot Fortunately, part of this program is that you're going to have three check-in calls with me, community coaching calls with your full cohort around March 1st, around July 1st, and around September 1st. So every quarter we're going to meet up after this year planning retreat to see how are we doing with our goals, what needs to pivot, and to create space to build those new plans together. I am 
so pumped about this program. It's something that's been in my heart for years. I can't tell you how much of an impact year planning has had on my life. Year planning is, because I realize when I'm talking about it online, a lot of people are like, why do you year plan? What is it? It's really just a way to zoom out for the next 12 months and say, how do I want to spend this year? considering the things I have control over. So things like ensuring that you have certain habits in mind that you want to be building the next year. What's it going to take to get there? Looking at your work, wellness, and impact plans in your life and saying, these are the milestones I'd like to hit within 12 months from now. And then actively building the plan to help you get there. So that is what your planning is. That's what we're going to do together. And it's something that has helped me through so many hard times, which is why I knew now was the right time to bring this program to life because we all deserve clarity right now. We all deserve something to look forward to. We all deserve to be around community that sees a more powerful future for us and our dreams and our potential and helps us all lean into possibility because your potential is calling and we all need to move towards it together. So if you're interested in joining us for your best year, then head to gomal.com slash YBY to join, register for this virtual year planning retreat. I cannot wait. I cannot evoke to you how excited I am for everything we're going to move through in those two days on December 5th and 6th. So again, komal.com slash YBY to join this year's cohort. Now, without further ado, here is my conversation with Sarah Nicole Landry, the bird's papaya. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest season of Lessons in Resilience. This is going to be such a wonderful conversation today. I'm so pumped that we get to reconnect with Sarah Nicole Landry, the bird's papaya. We're going to have such a impactful conversation talking all things resilience, all things how we're preparing for the fall, Um, everything that's upcoming for Sarah, including having a new little one. It's going to be so amazing for her life, but also so curious about what tactics and tools she's using for herself to take care of herself right now and prepare for all that's ahead. Sarah is, because the last time we did this, Instagram crashed on me, and therefore we couldn't even share the conversation with anyone after the fact, and it was so impactful. And hello, beautiful. How are you? Happy belated. Thank you. (laughs) I am 31, and it just feels like there's like this pressure that's come off now that I'm past the 30 mark, past Mm. the, you know, needing to strive to do all the things in your 20s now I look forward and I'm like I've got time I've got nothing but time (laughs) yeah 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 it's a little weird having a birthday in quarantine too no matter how you swing it it's just weird it's just and it's same with like Halloween for instance we were all like for so many people it was no longer about dressing up for a party. It was like dressing up for a single shot. I literally was putting on costumes, taking off costumes, putting on, and like birthdays are just like drive by, throw things up. It's just so different now. Everything is, but I hope you had the best day. I hope it was really special. It was 31, you said? It was 31, yeah. Oh, I should have sent you, uh, like, a bucket of Baskin-Robbins because all the 31 <laughs> flavors of ice cream. I, oh I'm God. 31 weeks pregnant next week, and I was like, that's what I should do. I should go and taste test all of the ice creams, all oh, 31. My. And then you'll know in advance what Babe's favorite flavor is. It's going to be amazing. And I would be wildly sick because I'm allergic to dairy, but, <laughs> I mean, who cares? <laughs> Well, then I'll live Ben and Jerry's route and get some dairy-free deliciousness. There you go. There yes, you go. That's the there one. There you go. 
But Sarah, thank you so much for joining again. We're kicking off Lessons in Resilience again for the fall. And I yeah. know that you have so much coming up in your life. And something that I'm diving into on the series this quarter is around how we're all prepping mentally for winter, how we're mm -hmm. all sort of planning our way to make it through this winter, because mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm certain that when babe comes, you guys are going to be also in Guelph. Um, yes. So how are you mentally prepping for this period of cozying, of new babe coming, of planning for this winter stretch? It is one of the, it, there's so much combined. It's not only just winter in and of itself, which does take a lot of mental prep. Uh, two in our family suffer from seasonal affective disorder. So we have to be really intentional around that and like our mental health and having really open conversations. And on top of that, I'm preparing to, you know, have a baby in January. Um, but What's interesting is when you work for yourself, you don't just get a maternity leave. You actually have to work for your maternity leave. So right now, I feel like I'm in major, major prep mode as we go into anticipation of that time. So doubling up on almost everything and trying to create this new balance because we don't know. There's so much going on. We don't know if things are going to be shut down. I don't know if my body will be bed rested. We have to prepare for variables. And I feel like even though that's my circumstance, so many people are in the same boat because lockdowns are happening again. Jobs like at Q4 is usually a great time, but you know, going into the new year, a lot of anxiety can kind of happen around these seasons and around losing our face-to-face -face time with people. So there's just a lot to kind of um, to kind of calculate and, and think about and and prepare ourselves for. And and it's one of the harder things to do this year to have any type of preparedness because everything feels like such a surprise. Like nothing, you almost like your preparedness is, and this is a huge, huge, huge thing that I started doing. And I talked about it a bit, it, um, but instead of asking for, you know, the way to be kind of paved for us, for things to kind of just work out, instead asking that we prepare ourselves no matter what it is that we might be going into. And that has really helped me change my perspective on my pregnancy, on, you know, job changes that are happening, on family circumstances. There's a, there's a lot that's been going on. And to be able to um, just work on preparing our own hearts and our own minds and our own schedules to be flexible and to be agile and to be so grace-filled going into another season of essentially an unknown I don't want to ask for, I don't, as much as I would love to be like, I would like to have the baby on this day and I would like for this to happen. I, I can't do that. So instead, just kind of asking for my heart to be, you know, ready for whatever the circumstances that come are. Mm. Earlier today, you were talking about, you know, you're hustling. You had two shoots today. We're having this conversation. You got prenatal classes tonight. Yeah. Um, but you also were being very mindful about not glamorizing the hustle either in yeah. this season. Yeah. And when we spoke last, um, you had just come through that wonderful shingles situation. Um, and you had mentioned <laughs> that uh, having a baby in your belly is what made you stop and pause and start caring for yourself. So as yeah. you're in this season of work being so intense, as you're prepping to step away, how yeah. have you been able to care for yourself? How have you been able to tune in? It, it's been, and yeah, coming back to that conversation that we had last time, um, 
it's been shocking to me how much I'm willing to advocate for myself because I'm pregnant. How much that I, because I'm carrying life, is now this like free pass card to be like, sorry, I can't. That might stretch me too far. I've got to really honor my capacity right now because I'm carrying a baby. What if I drop that line in 2021? What if I, what if I lose that and say, you know what, I am life. I am a life that I'm carrying and I need to be mindful of her and uh, really starting to kind of reapproach the way that I looked at this year. Uh, going back to shingles, I, I, I got shingles on my nether regions, on the late bits. <laughs> and I said to my, well, first of all, I didn't know what was going on. So you can only imagine what was going through my mind. And my doctor, when she was like, oh, it's shingles. And I was like, oh, and she's like, well, that's a relief, right? And I'm like, well, yes. And also it's a it's a bit of a um oh, shit. alarming thing because yes. this is a side effect of my lifestyle my body is so stressed out that it's doing these things and then during the pregnancy since we actually talked last i was put on pelvic rest so then take some of your mental health um normal things that you would go to like exercise and stuff and you're like no now you must sit and you must do less and you must all of these different things because you're pregnant and and i've never felt like such an advocate for myself before, like I have in this season. And I want to bring it with me after this pregnancy. I want this birth to be a birth of two different beings, one of this child and one when I'm separated from her physically, that I will continue to advocate in a way as if I was carrying life, you know, inside of me, as if I was honoring, you know, that health so intentionally. That's so powerful. And I feel like it, like you said, that birth of two oh. beings, not just your child, but also your, like the ultimate way that you want to care for yourself, that ultimate self-love mm -hmm. that you want to show yourself. And don't we all need to hear that right now? <laughs> Treat yourself as yes. you would if you were your own child. And we hear that, you know, often, and it's so important for us to tune even further into that. Um, so a lot of folks in the comments are already saying how you supported so many of us on our changing bodies and loving our bodies journey. And you're obviously going through a lot of change in your body right now, and you talk about it very candidly. I would love to know about what this journey has been like for you, watching your body change after having gone through already such a mm -hmm. beautiful and complicated, as we all have, intense relationship with these one bodies that we get to be here in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever had really pride about this, uh, about, you know, how I've found confidence beyond my body at any point, because at every point, and the one thing I always like to remind people is I've still yet to look in the mirror and be like, gosh, love her. She's perfect. Like we've made it. We've got to the destination. We love what we see. We're good. That's never been my story, whether I was 100 pounds up or 100 pounds down, younger, older. It, it just hasn't made a difference. It's all been so much more than that, more like learning tools to kind of step away from, you know, seeing my body as like this a beauty redefined has this incredible quote of um, your body is an instrument, not an ornament. And, you know, 
truly looking at myself as like this instrument that is, you know, my best friend that has been carrying with, has been carrying me for so long. And not only that, but has been working and doing her job for so many years as I just got angry at her for them. And one of my biggest angers and resentments with my body was my stretch marks. And, you know, I had really extreme ones that came on since I was a teenager and then I had babies and, and all of this stuff and, and watching them go to work this time and with a different perspective has made me so emotional because I was, last time I cried and cried and cried over, you know, watching my body change. And now I'm like, I, I literally get so choked up because I'm like, look how good a job you're doing. Like you're doing so much. I felt like I've had the flu for six months. I have never been in so much pain in my whole life. And she's doing a really good job. She's growing a human. She's taking care of me. We're doing the things and it's so wonderful to have that perspective. And then there's times like, you know what? It's, it is hard to see your body change, especially as rapidly as it does in pregnancy. And people just honor you when you have, when you have life inside of you. And, and again, this is another thing when we go into this birth experience, I'm going to birth a new version of myself too. And I'm readying my heart for that version of her, I'm readying, um, you know, so much around that, you know, the squishiness, the softness, the, the changes and, and it's so imperfect. And I think that's the best part of it. I'm such a no scale person. And this week there was a scale in the midwife's doctor's office and I went and I stepped on it. And then I came home and I cried to my husband and he was like really quick to know the right things to say. And I was really quick to get over it. So it's not that these things don't exist in my life anymore. These struggles don't exist. It's just, I've gotten a lot better at navigating them and getting myself back into this reality of my body doing a really good job and respecting her. It was a lot easier to respect her when I could eat whatever I wanted. I could make, you know, good food choices and I could exercise every day. It's very different when three meals a day were mashed potatoes and, and I can't exercise because the midwives have told me, you know, you could potentially die if you do something. You and your baby will bleed out if, you know, you don't follow these things. So it's been a huge like grace journey and I and I'm so excited that I actually get to bring people along with me this time because I feel like as people caught into my story they they maybe came after my weight loss but in terms of postpartum it was like it coming to acceptance of it eight to ten years after it happened and now we're like right in it we're right in the thick of it and there's and so I'm really excited to bring people through and, and quite honestly, through, you know, the difficulties and the joys and the triumphs and all of it real time. Mm. Wow. Thank you for that, Sarah. Like, I want to hold space for that, all that truth you just dropped. But also that, like, you know, I'm at that age or at that stage in my life where we're trying, we're starting to consider having kids. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, it's like, my so many people in my life are like there's never a good time this is the time in my life where my dad almost every phone call is like are you guys gonna have a kid are, is this gonna happen and so much of my fear is embedded in being running my own business and saying it's not time yet or thinking of my body and saying like it has to be a certain way before it's ready to do yeah. this thing but you give me so much grace in that like you sharing <laughs> your journey so candidly and just saying like our bodies like they're magnificent 
They're magnificent. And COVID, you know, is taking so much of a toll on so many of us, but our bodies are carrying us through it. Yeah. And when we share about that resiliency, because when you say like, it's not that it doesn't hurt anymore or that I don't judge my body anymore, but it's that I can come back from it faster. Like that's your resilience. Yeah. And so I'm curious when you consider that resiliency, how does it make you feel about yourself? How does it make you feel about how far you've come? I think, I think uh, I'm so emotional today. I think that <laughs> I'm there just, with you. You've got me, Brad. <laughs> I I'm think that I am just so amazed that this time, how much I'm learning to advocate for myself. When I think back and just the times that I sat in pain and the times that I sat in struggle and I didn't know how to ask for help. And I thought if I just like tough it out, and that's not resiliency. Like, that's not how it looks. And and kind of to your point about, you know, considering kids, especially when you work for yourself and there's no good time. I, I literally have my grandmother in my head all the time being like, there's no good time to have a baby. And that couldn't be more true. And I'll be honest, when we first found out we were pregnant, while not a real surprise, it was still a lot of resentment flowed through me because I was like, what if it's, what if I lose everything that I've worked for for 12 years because I'm brought back into this motherhood that I had before, which was a total sacrifice, which was a total loss of self and was a complete abandonment of self, right? And so now, you know, learning to be my own advocate has been so, so different, vocalizing these things and potentially slightly out of fear because I am so fearful of you know, when you've worked for something for 12 years and you're kind of finally there, throwing a baby in the mix and being, you know, a woman who works for herself and, you know, has a flexible schedule. And now I'm going to be like every two hours, like feeding and up in the night. I'm like, where does the, where's the time come from? Like, where's it going? Am I going to lose travel in the future again? Am I going to have all these things? So I remember talking about this to my husband and he was just like, it, nothing has to look the way it did before motherhood doesn't have to be defined the way it was in your past like it can be an entirely different experience and like we're gonna work for that and we're gonna like that's gonna be our focus and and even like I said to my mom last week and this was inspired by somebody else Rini um own it babe she um she had her baby like through the night like labored through the night and like had her baby and she talked about like having um one of their moms came and like stayed the night so they could have a night's sleep and I was like in my my initial was like oh like what and then I was like oh my gosh that like think about it you've literally just given birth through the night and you need to catch up on sleep just for your basic needs and your health like that's something that you should probably do and so when I um when I uh heard her say that I immediately the next time I saw my mom I was like should I have the baby through the night would you be open to like staying for one of the first nights just so we can catch up on sleep and she was like I would love that and I was like okay like look at that it wasn't that hard (laughs) and that'll probably make a huge difference in you know the days those days to come so big 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 differences are all in my personal advocacy for myself this time and just really hoping that that's my resilience not that I do it any better not that it's less hard or any of that but just that I change the way that I create focus around it and I create intention around it and ask for freaking help Mothers are incredible beings, but we also 
need our like in in history women had villages like you you when we say like it's the village that raises be serious about that like people do want to help and we don't have to look like a bad person to ask for help we shouldn't feel guilty for saying can you hold the baby so i can go shower that's your basic right to go and have a shower and there is people in that like if you have access to support if you can advocate for that or check resources in your local area for re like things like that we should just start really rallying behind you know women and kind of being a village for that right so doing our best <laughs> absolutely um, oh, crap, chance, don't worry at all it gave me a chance though for us to acknowledge and hold space oh. for those moms who are still in their fertility journeys mm. who might be struggling yes. with fertility for whom it's not possible necessarily but thank yes. you all for holding space for us in this dialogue around it in sarah's experience i also wanted to note on how we were talking about showers our necessities don't let people fate like show you that like showering is somehow a self-care tactic i know it is simply what your body needs but Truly. it's so hard to make that space for ourselves i've seen it with my siblings with my cousins and yeah and it's not even just about motherhood i feel like women in general do this a lot and this is why i'm trying to really scale down from the glamorization of hustle because hustle often means you sleep less you don't eat properly, you don't even eat at all during the day. It can mean like bringing yourself to the brink of your capacity so that you're just like always riding that line. And so I'm really trying to really de-glamorize that and, you know, talk about like, yes, you will have busy days. There will be times that are, you know, difficult, but still make sure that you're scheduling and asking for your essential needs, like eating, like showering, like sleep and this is yes. like across the board mother or not woman you know man and anyone really really needs to understand that like we have to stop this like the mom guilt and the hustle guilt and all of that because i'm telling you yesterday i overscheduled myself and i was like i had four minutes to eat i had four mm. minutes in the day and thank goodness for the village my neighbor literally dropped off an icy and some sweet potato fries for me and i wrote her later that day and i was like had you not brought that i wouldn't have eaten like I, it meant so much but also was such a wake-up call that i think i'm doing all this stuff and i'm doing it so well and i'm just killing it and and people will say that to me they'll be like you're killing it and i'm like no i'm killing myself i'm overdoing it and really acknowledging when you're making those mistakes and kind of riding at that line of capacity it's uh it's not a it's not a good ride it's not a good ride and yeah. it's just so easy for us to go into especially when we're used to overworking working for ourselves to live in that space of doing too much mm -hmm. um so kudos to you for acknowledging that recognizing it it's again us bouncing back to baseline as often as yeah. we can um when we find ourselves out of it so yes. on the work note, you've had a very busy fall, but also you've launched a wonderful amount of products with some incredible brands. But something I want to hone into for those that are listening um, is around mentorship and this mm -hmm. concept of like women who helped lift us up. And you've shared often your experience with Joanna uh, from mm -hmm. NYX and how her seeing you really mm -hmm. launched you forward in your life. So could you share a little bit about what it was like to have someone else see you? lift you up and what it's like to pay that forward now in your life uh, it, she's so so special to me because of that but essentially how it all happened was years ago i had gotten nick's wear off of because i saw a friend wearing a bra and i asked her about it and she said they were legit 
So I got a bra and underwear and um, I had just slowly started becoming more self-accepting and starting to actually look at myself in the mirror instead of hiding. And, and I took a picture one day where I was just like very curated, like just kind of like sitting back, but like showing my belly a little bit. And I had was wearing the bra and I and I tagged them in that photo and she slid into my DMs and was like, we would love for you to come and be a part of our shoot. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then she kind of persisted and her team was like messaging me and I was like, well, I'd have to take time off work. Like, I don't know how that'll happen. I've never really done that before. And it was just so nerve wracking. And I remember when I showed so obviously I said yes eventually and I showed up that day and I'm we're like signing we're signing documents and right beside me is this like beautiful model and her name is Truth and I was like oh she's so cool and she's so beautiful and there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this and then like slowly the other models and we're I'm like holding on to my rope so so tight and I started watching everyone start to shoot and I remember having to you know, de-robe and get ready. And, and the photographer was like a foot shorter than me. So not only is she shooting, um, you know, my body from a, a, like in a very real raw way that I have zero control over, but from a low angle. So I was just like, oh my gosh. But fast forward a little bit, that photo from that day and that truth, by the way, is one of like my dear friends now. And she's <laughs> such an amazing woman. And I wish I hadn't been like, oh, she's too pretty and she's too this because she she's she's so much more than that. Like she's such an intellectual human, so creative, so amazing. And all I, I really did break her down to like just being this pretty girl. And uh, so after that photo, when they released it, kind of went viral in it. And it just began kind of helping me understand the importance of showing up despite kind of a lot of these things. And, and for the first time, I felt really connected to so many women who shared bodies like mine. I didn't know that other women even had stretch marks like mine. And then through one, po one photo, I got to find out that thousands did. And we'd all been just kind of hiding and thinking that we were the only ones. So it, it was a really, really special time. And so obviously we kept up on this friendship and they were like, come to more shoots, like have fun with us. And I was really into it. Like I was really, I loved their brand. I loved going out to these shoots and seeing so many different bodies in them and, and really having fun. And I, and I kept up with Joanna, like we just really got along and she was just such an amazing person to watch run this business from like nothing to, you know, really becoming something. Back then they just had bras and underwear. There wasn't really the expensive thing it was now. And then in 2018, she asked if she could have a phone call with me. And I was like, okay. And that's always like, that's like the whole, like, we need to talk. And I was like, <laughs> yes. is good or bad? Is this good or bad? Is this good or bad? At the time I was working full time at a publishing company and I'd worked really hard to work my way up through it and uh, was working as the editor of one of the publishing sites and loved my job and continued to do, you know, the birds of pie on the side. And she called me one day and said, you know, I really just feel like there's more for you. And I would love to see that happen. I'd love for you to take that jump. But I know that's so scary because you have no idea what could happen if you just quit your job. Like you just quit your job and then like, what's next type thing. So she was like, what if you were to come and consult with us? Like, come, you're so good at this. You know so much about, you know, influencer marketing and we're starting this ambassadorship program. I'd love your like eyes and ears on this. 
and maybe you could come in and do a six month or like a three month, six month contract, whatever works out. That way it's a bridge between what you're doing now and guaranteed kind of like payment into going into next year. And what was funny is she was like, tell me like a number of what you think would be fair. And so I kind of did a calculation and I, and I came back to her and she was like, yeah, that's not enough. We're going to pay you more. So I was like, <laughs> oh, so she was teaching me like, as we were going, like to, to advocate for my worth, to see it and show it, she would bring me into meetings of that. I, of things that I had no idea what was going on just so I could sit and learn and, and watch and experience. And so eventually it got too busy on my end and, and I, you know, started going back to just some, or I went to doing the birth pie full time and I incorporated and it was really exciting and she was so supportive. And then uh, I remember we had like a conversation in 2019. What if we did a collab together? What if we did a box? Like what if, and I was like, no, like, <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. Like, I don't really think I have that type of an impact. And she's like, oh, it'll work. And you need to trust me. Like I, it's going to, and she's just, you can't say no to her. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was so <laughs> nervous. And I kept talking down how many like units we would do. Cause I was like, I don't think I can do it. I don't, I don't think it's going to sell enough. I don't think that's going to happen. And over the next year, as things came to be, I was like, I can't tell you enough how much sleep I lost over the imposter syndrome and self-doubt going into that box release. And with that first day, our email signups were double what we had in units. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is <laughs> so much bigger. And what was so fun about it is as it was going, Joe would just call me and be like, oh my gosh. And I was like, I know, but like, and she was like, I told you so, I told you so. And I was like, I know, but like, it was just, it's been a lot of like having someone else, you're right, like see me and see the potential in me and not just like tell me that I could do it, but show me, like guide me through it a little bit. Let me be a part of things. Let me be a part of the experiences and went from being a customer to being a model to kind of working there to doing our collab together. I mean, it's so cool and so full circle and has taught me so much about the woman that I want to be, you know, as I go is that I never forget to go and turn around and take any of the knowledge that I've learned along the way and pass it on, like continue to talk about these things, especially in this business and especially in such an unconventional way of making money like online. Women don't talk about it. We hide in shame about it. We don't know how to feel. And having more conversations, all it does is mean that less women are taken advantage of and more find their worth and are able to step into spaces that they have always deserved to be in just with a lot of self-doubt. And I only know that because I was that for so, so long. <laughs> That's so incredible. And we're wrapping up here. And what you, the sentiment you just shared reminds me of the post I think you shared yesterday as well with Glennon Doyle's, where she talks about mm -hmm. how her sharing her story. She was yes. holding an 18-day-old baby at one of her tour stops, and the mother said, when I read your book, Love Warrior, it made me get sober, and this is my baby. And um, I'm really excited because tomorrow I get, I'm going to be interviewing Glennon, which is super what? exciting. Yes. As part of the atelier for Beyond 2020, I'm, I'm going to be so lucky. I love her. So 
question. Yes, I love her too. And she talks. We about DM sometimes. I do love her. <laughs> yeah, I get I get freaked out. So I'm just like, <gasps> I've literally been reading her since her blog, like over a decade ago. Like it's, I'm I'm like an old school Glennon fan. Oh my god. Okay. So what? Okay, this wasn't going to be my question, but I'm going to ask this, and then our final question. Okay. If you have like three, four minutes. Okay. Um, <laughs> what question would you ask Glennon if, like, if you were in that situation? What's one of that question that's on your heart for Glennon? I guess one of my bigger ones is just how she came. If you look at her books, a lot of them are transitioning from like forgiveness in marriage or repairing to marriage to actually like leaving and having like this different story. And I would always be so curious about how she managed to deal with or how it felt coming, being an author or like somebody who was like seen as an expert in like marriage repair into go actually going through like the divorce inside of things too. Cause I think that's one thing I always struggle with is as humans, when we share about something, we sometimes have a hard time being our own hypocrite. Not that I'm saying she's a hypocrite, but like going back on something we've said or evolving past it and how you navigate, you know, that you felt you had it, you knew what you were talking about then and then it changed. Mm -hmm. And just, she's just one of those people like I, and yeah, I just, I think she's incredible and I hope she writes so many more books, but you could ask her anything and every answer she would give would be I the best. Mean. I'm going to ask you that question. I'm going to say Sarah gave me this question. <laughs> so I have to ask it now. With you. So that's and also happen. just like anybody who's read Untamed, like I wish everyone understood how much they, ha I ended up just having a massive crush on Abby. Cause I was like, ah, oh, what? Like, I was like, like can we just I was re when I was reading those words, I was like, oh my gosh, I might also be in love with Abby. How do I tell her this? <laughs> also like just through the election stuff, like, Glennon was showing up for 30 days straight with her activism and it was so incredible to see that support coming through but seeing Abby jump in you're like I kind of like yes there I understand but okay to put a, to wrap up our conversation you've got prenatal tonight I want to be thoughtful of your time um Glennon talks about you know this concept of what breaks our heart that's who we're meant to serve mm -hmm. and so what breaks your heart Sarah what is that thing that you know is your your bigger why in life um and like, how does it feel to serve in that space? I think, um, and this is, this has probably been taught to me by, by many others, but the constant reminder that I always have is just how distracted women are by the things that don't matter to keep them from doing the things that do. And the more I see that and the more I recognize that from imposter syndrome, self-doubt, like comp competing with each other, our looks, um, our money, all of these things, the more our focus is in these places, the less they're on doing the stuff that we really, I think, we're meant to do and that we have always been capable of doing. And when you start to look at the sheer volume of industries that are working not directly to oppress us, but distract us, distract us from good, good, good work. And I find it whenever I get sucked into things, all of a sudden I'm like, when's the last time I sat down and wrote the core thing that I always did? When's the last time I did that? I'm being distracted. I'm being distracted by materialism. I'm being distracted by too much work. I'm being distracted by chasing destinations. I'm being distracted by my body what happens if those are all gone? Where is my best work? And that's always done in, in the times of least distraction. So that would be, that would be my biggest thing is just, um, 
it breaks my heart to see how much we're being distracted by our own self-doubt and you know the industry's profiting from that and and kind of working through that and and that's not to say like I don't love to also spend money and I don't love to do my hair and I don't love all of those things but those as long as they're not distracting me from doing good stuff as long as those are fun things and accessible things and like maintainable then we can do them but not if it's not if it's distracting me from doing more important things so as we all go into this fall season as we all head into these winter months check in with yourself about what's a distraction and what's a necessity for you and get rid of those distractions and focus on what is most important thank you so much sarah this was so wonderful always I'm so excited for this next chapter in your life thank and you thank you so much for making time for me uh this for this uh conversation today it means honestly anytime you're such a you're so good at interviewing too you're just such a delight i was literally like rushing through this day and just to sit down and have a conversation it just really kind of brought me home and and i think brought me back to this focus again so uh, thank you as well it just means a lot Wow. Can't wait for one day for us to meet in person, but have the best prenatal. It better not be COVID because I need to hug you. Yes. I want there. Thank you, Sarah. Have the best night. Good night, everybody. Bye. I hope you loved that episode. That was such a wonderful conversation. I was moved to tears. We had such. Ugh, you guys just listened to it. My heart is so full. I want to remind you here again that if you are interested in joining Your Best Year, my weekend virtual year planning retreat on December 5th and 6th, head to Komal, oh, my own name, head to komal.com slash YBY and you'll get all the details about what the program entails, how to register, and there are payment plans. I want to make sure that this is fully accessible to everyone who wants to be involved. Um, and if for whatever reason um, those payment plans are inaccessible, just shoot an email to our team at info at and we're happy to make a pay what you can spot available to you. Now, thank you everyone for tuning in to this week's episode. I can't believe again that we did 50 episodes of this show so far. The future is bright. Now, until next week, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.